Hi, everyone. We recorded this episode a few weeks ago, but we want to keep everyone updated with news and everything. First of all, Divine Canines, a local Austin group that trains therapy dogs and visits people in need, is partnering with 25 Austin craft breweries and tap rooms for Barks and Beers. Barks and Beers starts April 27th and continues through May 31st. Just purchase a special Divine Canines pint glass and passport for $30 and get a free pour at any of the participating locations. Get your free pour at Fourth Tap Brewing Co-op, Copon Brewing Co., Adele Burt's Brewing, Black Star Co-op, Blue Owl Brewing, Blue Bonnet Beer Company, The Brewtorium Brewery and Kitchen, Celis Brewing, Circle Brewing Company, Family Business Beer Company. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Flying Man Brew Company, Live Oak Brewing Company, Northland Brewing Company, North by Northwest Slaughter, North by Northwest Stone Lake, Oscar Blue Brewery, Real Ale Brewing, Red Horn Coffee House and Brewing Company, Southern Heights Brewing, St. Elmo Brewing, Strangeland, Suds Monkey, Thirsty Planet, Two Wheel Brewing, and Whitestone Brewery. You can also purchase your pint glass and passport. There or at Copeland Jewelers, Mud Puppies, and Wolfgang Bakery. All proceeds from the sale of glasses go directly to Divine Canines. So if you're in the Austin area, get drunk for a good cause for once. Our second bit of news is that we hit a thousand downloads, probably while we were recording the following episode. So on Instagram and Facebook, we're doing a giveaway. Just follow us and tag a friend that you think would like the show or tag an enemy that would hate our show and you just want to piss off. So bonus points if you get them to start listening. We hope to announce the winner on our next show, our much anticipated live oak extravaganza. So, you know. Let's start the show. Better not bring your kids. (laughs) There is a podcast no one asked for. A podcast you never knew you didn't want. Three beers in. This is the podcast. I anticipate a deeply religious experience. listener thanks for joining us here on three beers in today we will be drinking the long range pills from revolver brewing here on the podcast we have myself tony we have joel we have ross hey and we have a special guest chance today hey how's it going this is the podcast 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 so chance has brought us a local Fort Worth beer since he has left us all for the glitz and glamour of Fort Worth. Yes. One of my favorite breweries. They have one of my favorite beers, Blood and Honey. If it's available, that's what I order. And I've noticed they had the cans for the long range pills and I've been wanting to try it. It's a Pilsner and they call it the long range pills. And so I think that if you don't mind me doing the honors, gentlemen, to your cans. 
And I do want to touch on something you just said. Ooh, you said don't touch that. You said to the cans. So I had only previously seen the bottles before today. I know I have seen it on draft in a lot of places in Austin. Would you say in the Fort Worth, like the whole DFW area, you do see this everywhere? Yes, it is. Every bar you will see Revolver and other Fort Worth area beers. But there's tons of Austin beers in but everywhere in cans. you go. In cans. Yes, in any retail situation, you're going to come across a revolver in cans. I do think, though, that them canning is pretty recent. Mm -hmm. I haven't, I think I started seeing cans maybe a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen them in bottles without blood honeys in bottles. I have seen most of them in bottles, but lately I've seen them all in cans. And they tend to can in six packs, a boxed six pack. Boxed, yeah. I like that. A a different look. Yeah. So, yeah, this beer is pretty good. It's got a little hoppiness that I'm not a fan of, but on the back, it's got a really pleasing malty taste. I like. I know they describe it as a traditional German style lager with an American accent. I wonder if in Germany they have American style lagers with German accents. I don't think they would like Americans doing German accents. (laughs) This is a nice beer. Unbecks. But you can't do American accent. That's just normal talking. Oh, no. You've heard them. You've heard bad American accents. I think it's (laughs) hilarious when foreign people do American accents, especially Australian people. Yeah. And a lot of British people tend to do Southern people, which I hate Southern accents anyway. And I've grown up in the South and tried to not have a Southern accent. But especially when you travel, like if you're in the military and you say you're from Texas. uh Yeah. Why don't you have why don't you you sound like that? Yeah. Right. But why uh, don't you sound like a cartoon? (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Cold Mountain. They watched a lot of cartoons to get into the characters. Did they really? Nicole Kidman and Jude Law. Oh, it's it's just ridiculous. Although in Jude Law's one of his early movies, he was in uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. I do like that movie. That is a very good movie. That's it's actually set in Savannah. Savannah. Mm -hmm. Which Chance will be in Savannah next week, right? I I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, One of the most haunted towns in the U.S. Yes, because because it's one of the oldest yeah. towns in the U.S. Yeah. But, oh yeah, Jude Law's in that. He's in it maybe five minutes. <laughs> and I, then flashbacks. Yes, in yeah. flashbacks. But his accent is just atrocious. Give me the money. I ain't even close to getting fucked up while I want to get Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's why they killed him. Yeah, I... And no spoilers, but he dies in the movie. Yeah, it was... I... I I saw him in other stuff before that because I hadn't seen the movie when it mm-hmm. came out. But I think that was like one of the, his first five. That it's was, probably not, but like one of the first American movies he might have been yeah, in. Yeah, that was a big role for mm-hmm. him, but he was only there briefly. And yeah. then what, AI came out and he was a huge part oh, of that. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that movie. That was a good movie. I think that was after um, Midnight, right? After Midnight in the Garden? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely after that. Uh, speaking of actors that you don't like, I saw on social a couple Harry days Tubman. ago. Oh, wait, she's not an actor. <laughs> no, she's not an actress. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars played oh, a pop-up show yep. in Austin in I Love Video just, or I Heart Video. You know, why, why do you bring up 30 Seconds to Mars? Well, because uh, Jared Leto. I understand. Yeah. But why do you... I hate 30 Seconds to Mars way more than I hate Jared Leto. Jared Leto was at least Angel Face in Face or Fight Club. (laughs) Face Club. (laughs) Face Club. (laughs) The first rule of Face Club. You don't talk about Face Club. There you go. But uh, I think there were other things. After I saw Fight Club, I was really excited to see Panic Room, which he was Mm. also in. But he had cornrows and so i was like oh, i don't want to watch any more of this movie it wasn't too bad though it was david fincher as well i believe I do he think was they good at his movies that are not as good 
Yeah. People like to write off the good ones. Like, oh, there's two or three good ones. He's kind of the Ben Affleck of indie fans. I would uh, like. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of indie, yeah, there's Requiem for a Dream. That's what oh, I was about to yeah. point that out. That's a good one. amazing. Yeah. That's where I heard there's just a good, Yeah, Darren Aronofsky. He's, he makes him, I don't know. I don't know if you could call all his movies good movies. but No, they're not all good. And I think he would say that too. But I he, don't think he would. Wow. No, he seems like a real, uh, real I jerk, would say but, an honest review would say... Most of those movies are just to push the boundary. Like the fountain? Yeah. I saw the fountain in theaters. <laughs> yeah. I did too. Because I didn't know, and I want to say I was going with a lady, and it uh, was it was like torture. To- but getting back to the beer. Yes. So we kind of took the long way mm-hmm. back to long range. Yes. Um, I don't typically like Pilsners. The only one I would say that really jumps out that's a favorite of mine is Scrimshaw. Oh. And I mean, Scrimshaw holds a special place in our friend group because, you know goes back years and years and it's fun to say it is scrimshaw 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 i didn't get a scrimshaw out that's of you. okay i'm wondering why there's two <laughs> yeah. revolvers on here but it's called revolver shouldn't be called two revolvers brewing company revolvers brewing company i don't there's two of them to. on there like yeah. double tree there's two trees on there two trees yeah i can't tell do you what think, hotel i'm staying at do you there think are two trees involved yeah. <laughs> I was just reading that a couple days ago because it was his anniversary of his, uh, I don't know if it was his birthday. Or his passing, passing away. Yeah. Passing anniversary away of your birthday is just your birthday. But. Yeah. Well, but is it still considered your birthday if you're already dead? Yeah. So. R.I.P. Mitch. Yeah. I used to like him. Until you, he died. You still do. I still do. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I used, used to, to too. too. Used to too. Yeah. They're like yeah. That's the joke chance. Right. So what do you... uh... Oh, I like this beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have been pleasantly surprised by everything I've had from Revolver. Like you said earlier, I've had blood and honey a lot of places. I think the first time I tried it was because I was reading a menu and Mm -hmm. I was like, blood and honey. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Yeah. And that was on draft, not in cans. Yeah. I think the first time I had it was on draft. And you got to be careful with Blood and Honey. I think it's 7.5 is <laughs> ABV. So wow. yeah, it doesn't take too many to get feeling pretty good. What is this one around? 4.8 or it's something? It's 4.8. Yeah. And speaking of 4.8. Do you guys know what classifies a beer as a Pilsner? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell us. I am going to tell you. Pilsners originated in Bohemia, or what is now called the Czech Republic, and uh, Plzen, Bohemia, actually. It's spelled P-L-Z-E-N. It's medium to medium full body and are characterized by high carbonation and a tangy Czech varieties of hops and import floral aromas and a crisp, bitter finish, which kind of clarified this beer to me, though I would say it's not a bitter finish. I say it's bitter at the start. Bitter I at think the start. that's the American part. Yeah. Would that be the mosaic? The mosaic hops? Mm-hmm. Is that what they use? Yeah. yeah it's a mosaic hops, German, Saphir, and Czech Saz. They use mosaic in a lot of IPAs, so it might be that, yeah. I was just trying to think of like mosaic, like the brewery, if yeah. that would, yeah. But You mean the, isn't it community? It has the mosaic. There's so many, especially in Austin. They keep popping up. I think since we started the podcast, there's been like four or five breweries open. (laughs) But I will say when we were looking previously, we only saw Long Range and Blood and Honey. Mm -hmm. I don't remember seeing any other ones. Oh, wait, no, I did see Sidewinder, I think. There's Sidewinder and then there was Full Tang IPA. Yeah. Which I have here. Oh, cool. And I've had, I've tried before and it's one of my favorite IPAs. It's really good. Mm -hmm. I only stopped at Half Tang before. Oh, okay. So Clint was not with us earlier, but now thanks to the magic of editing. Hey guys, I'm on the podcast. 
So, I mean, it's no Scrimshaw, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. Yeah. I've come to find that Scrimshaw is actually kind of a, uh, an exception to Pilsners because they okay. still, Pilsners typically have a little bit of that hoppy yeah, back this, end. And this one has, and this one does. I think it has a hoppy on the front end and more of like a sweetness and full malt at the end. For mm, me, at least. That's, that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting like that lingering hop I do have flavor that. I on, do have the on linger. your tongue after you take a sip. Just- yeah. Scrimshaw is just a clean finish and doesn't have that kind of hoppiness to it. That's nice. Yeah. I'm gathering that the general public of us yeah. doesn't tend to like or lean towards Pilsners. Except for Scrimshaw. Except for Scrimshaw. Scrimshaw is a table favorite, I think. Unless I don't think I've ever had Scrimshaw. I also what? have not had Scrimshaw. No. What? Uh, How? Because it's not called Shiner. It's something that I guess going back a long time ago, it was one of the cheap beers. Yeah. We used to go. I can see that. So we would drink it a lot. Yeah. So, but I don't think we got Chance's reaction to the beer. I mm-hmm. like it a lot. Like mm-hmm. you guys said, there is a hoppiness when you first drink it. Mm-hmm. But um, you enjoy hop. I do enjoy hops. I'm a big IPA drinker. Mm-hmm. But it's got a very crisp... I could drink this on the river, I think. This is not a river beer. You are mistaken, sir. Well, you're not me, so... Yeah, typically when I think of river beer, I think of something super light, really light. Because you're going like to be drinking an, it all day. And right. you're going to be in the sun. Yes, exactly. So like a natty light or so, a yeah, Frio. I, I or... didn't wanna, I don't wanna, I didn't want to say that. But yes, along those lines, something... When you say natty light... Light. What are you? Something super like natural light. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> they can't see you oh winking, chance. Right, I winked. Uh, Radio, listener. but just know, anytime you hear that laugh, who? he winked also. Yeah. Who let this guy on the podcast? I don't. I have no idea. I what? just walked in. Why couldn't the notebook be on again? Come oh, on, man. It probably is bring, on. Did you bring your cop? One of your copies of the notebook? Well, it's on my Amazon. Oh, there you go. So we can so stream it, it whenever him. we want. He's gonna be under a sheet tonight with a flashlight, reading the book. I've never read the book. Really? I never learned to read. No. That's that's probably why character. would I do that? Yeah, the book does not. The have... book does not show Rachel McAdams. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but when I mentioned Rachel McAdams, Cutter said dibs, and he wasn't here. He said dibs. He he does not. He I respect the the rule of dibs as much as the next guy. But you have to you have to call it. You have to abide by the rules of dibs. This she has to be not, present to yeah, say dibs. You have to see this person. So it's like calling this, shotgun? Yes, exactly. It's shotgun rules. You have to see the front seat or her seat and then call <laughs> dibs. But, Which is a good how, seat. That's I don't how it works. I want to put that out there. Do ladies nice play dibs also? I, I'm not a lady. but I, <laughs> I wonder though. I don't know. Ladies, if... Any of you listen, please let us know if you call dibs. Fair enough. <laughs> Operators are standing by. <laughs> so do you guys want to hear where Pilsner's came from and why Pilsner is a you beer that we just, drink? No. Yes. I sh- yeah, don't ask us. Just go into it. Oh, I should just go into it. All right. Well, so in 1838, the citizens of Pilsen, Bohemia, where Pilsner's come from, saw something that would make any beer lover cringe. The town brewmasters rolled 36 barrels of ale into the street opened them up, and spilled the beer in the main square. Cringe. Cringe. Beer ran into the ditches and finally into the nearby Radbuza River. The brewers had decided that the ale had become undrinkable. Even the breweries of Pilsen, with over 800 years of brewing experience, had contamination issues to contend with, Mm -hmm. and ales were prone to spoilage either by wild yeast or bacteria, which I think you guys have talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah. But the citizens of Pils decided that they wanted to develop a new way of brewing, so they reached out to their Bavarian neighbors and got one of their top brewers, Joseph Grohl, to come teach them the German lagering method. Oh, man. I love when he does Everlong. Man, it just <laughs> chills. Chills, man. That was good. That's Dave Grohl. Oh. Yeah. That must be his brother. The guy from The Office? 
Who are you referring to? Steve Carell. Oh, okay. That was that was almost there. Good job. Grohl to Carell. Yeah. Well, I thought f- your story was going to say that they poured the beer and it ran down the hill into and they the liked water. It. And they liked it. <laughs> yeah. And it became Budweiser. Oh, yeah. So they had a lot of spoilage. And right. Like- so they got this Bavarian brewer, Joseph Grohl, not Dave Grohl, to teach <sighs> them the German lagering method. Steve Grohl. <laughs> Steve Grohl. Steve Carell. And Steve Carell. Mm. Anyway, he taught them the lagering method and they came up with a new me- recipe that involved Saz hops and other natural materials of Pilsen. And that's where we have Pilsner. You know, I keep drinking this beer, but I'm not thinking of a Pilsner that I regularly drink or even look for. What it's reminding me of, and I don't really know, well, I know why, but it's reminding me of Martin House Honey and Milk Sugar because that one also has, in the beginning, it's got this kind of bitter, harsh taste, and in the end, it's got a more mellow, smoother taste. And that's what I'm getting with this because it's got it's got this unbelievable sweetness that I keep drinking it and I keep trying to focus on that sweetness and not the hops. If they dialed back the hops, I'd really love it. It'd be really great. But I'm not going to stop, well, I'm not going to stop drinking it. I'm going to keep drinking it, chasing that flavor, working for that flavor. Hashtag work for the flavor. Hashtag CB gold. There you go. Is that chance burn the gold? Or <laughs> Absolutely not. So everybody, you might not know, but we are not at the Bradley bar this weekend. We are not. We are not. We are out at Tanya's Secret Hideaway. It's a secret. Yes. So this is our third annual Cool Guys weekend. And it's even better because Cutter isn't here yet, but he will be here later, unfortunately. Shots fired. So we have a full weekend planned. Full weekend of drinking. And hot tubbing. There's a lot of carrots and nuts, too. All right. So we have a phone call coming in from Grant Wood, co-founder and master brewer at Revolver. Hey, this is Grant. Hey, how are you? I just have a few questions to go over with you. Sure. And the, the first question is basically, why did you start Revolver Brewing in 2012 with Ron and Rhett Keisler, if I'm pronouncing that correctly? Keisler. Keesler, yeah. um, your inspiration, your goals, and and basically Revolver Brewing history. Well, yeah. So we started Revolver. Really, it was sort of a alternative for all of us. I think Rhett and Ronnie are son and father, and they had Ronnie had actually retired and was living in Granbury, and Rhett had been looking for another business. He had been in the banking business and had wanted to do something. He he's a foodie. He likes you know, all kinds of stuff. And I was thinking about chocolate actually for a little while and thinking about beer and kind of what led him to beer was he had some friends who had been living in Toronto. Well, he had been living in Toronto. So he'd made these friends while he was living in Toronto and they had started a brewery and uh, a little brewery, a little brew pub up there and um, had been very successful. And so he thought, man, I'm going to look around. And we discovered this is, you know, this is back in late 2010, early 2011, you know, looking around the DFW area, there were exactly two craft breweries in DFW. Uh, that was Rar and Franconia. And so Brett's a smart dude. He, he has a, you know, he has an MBA from the university of Texas. He saw this opportunity and he he went to his dad and said, hey, dad, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity. There's definitely a business opportunity here. It looks like there's beginning to be more activity. Some other breweries had opened and, you know, in the years previous. And there was, you know, uh, the little breweries were actually growing. And Texas at the time was pretty underserved by craft. So Ronnie, you know, agreed and thought, hey, this, this might be an interesting idea. He didn't. He, at least it, he didn't throw him out on his ear. And so they knew they had a good plan. I have part 
of a plant. But they needed a brewer, and that's kind of where I came in. And so back in 2011, when I saw an email come across my desk from the Brewers Association and read it, put an ad in there looking for a brewer. And so I was sitting at my desk in Boston and saw this thing come across, and they uh, says looking for a brewery for Granbury, Texas. And I was like, Granbury, that sounds really familiar because I grew up in Irving and went to Irving High and then went to Texas A&M. And so I was familiar and I, you know, got out Google and looked and was like, oh gosh, that's about an hour and five from where I grew up. So I uh, emailed Rhett and said, hey, you tell me what you're trying to do. And so we, uh, I took a day off and I drove down Manhattan and he happened to be in New York. His uh, his wife's from uh, the New York area. And we sat down actually at the Ginger Man in Manhattan and had a couple beers and got to know each other. And we kind of saw the market the same way and, you know, sized each other up, seemed to like each other. And so he basically made me an offer I couldn't refuse, which is, I like I like to joke, it's uh, part ownership and nothing. Right. And uh, so I went and talked to Mrs. Wood and said, hey, you know, I've got this opportunity. I know it's kind of scary to kind of leave a perfectly decent job with benefits and stocks and stuff like that at Sam Adams. But I think this is a perfect time. And fortunately, I guess she agreed. So I had a very difficult conversation with Jim Cook. Actually, it wasn't that difficult at all. It was more difficult with some other folks, but he was, he's was he been super supportive. He was really great. And he understood, you know, to, to get out, build your own business and, you know, try to succeed. He totally gets that. He's an entrepreneur himself and a very successful one. So I uh, moved down and at the end of 2011, you know, left Boston beer January 2nd, 2012, and went to work at Revolver January 5th and was working out of a little dog kennel, basically, <laughs> cleaned up dog kennel, but an old dog kennel here in Granbury. And we broke ground on the main brewery in February and spent the late spring, early summer building the building and putting the... Uh, Brewing equipment in, and then we brewed our first brew August 1st, sold our first keg September 1st, and we were off to the races. Awesome. That's really cool. So you said Sam Adams, that that's where you were beforehand. Correct. Yeah. I, I started my brewing career a long time ago. <laughs> um, I was just kind of adding up the years. It's uh, 1985. I went to wow. work for Pearl Brewing Company oh. in, San, yeah, in yeah. San Antonio yeah. when it was still a brewery, and worked there for four years and got kind of tired of them because it wouldn't give me a raise and uh <laughs> was fortunate enough to uh get, be able to go across town i worked for lone star there you for go. about six yeah. years hmm. and unfortunately you know at the time lone star was owned by a foreign company and it went out it, it basically went bankrupt so the Heilman, the main company that owned lone star uh went bankrupt and so my boss came to me and he told me they were about to go bankrupt or they were going to get sold off and he said you know you might want to consider your options and so i did i considered my options and uh, i sent out two letters before i sent out a whole bunch of letters so i sent one to anchor in california anchor brewing they sent me a nice letter saying don't need anybody fortunately at the time sam adams was hiring so I got a phone call from a guy named David Grinnell, and I had a kind of 45-minute phone interview at my desk in San Antonio. And he said, yeah, let's you know, fly up to Boston and you know, look at you in person, and you can kind of see it. And uh, the rest is history. I flew back from Boston, told my wife, I think we're moving. And we left San Antonio Thanksgiving 1995. Never looked back. Mm, okay. So I got a couple more questions if you still got time. Sure. Yeah. On, yeah. I got, I got lots of time. Go okay, ahead. Okay. Perfect. Great. Oh, so I want to introduce uh, everyone here on the podcast. I'm Chance, the one you've been emailing back and forth with. Uh, I cool. actually live up in the Fort Worth area. I relocated from Austin um, about a year ago. This is my first time on the podcast. So here are the All couple right. of the other guys. Hey, this is uh, Tony. I'm a big fan of Revolver. I live in Austin and I'm more familiar, I'd say, with Blood and Honey, but really loving the long range. Awesome. 
Hey, Grant. Uh, it's Joel. Um, live in Austin as well. Um, I think this is the first Pilsner we've done on the podcast. Oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, we're drinking Long Range and really enjoying it. I don't have a lot of experiences with Pilsner, but I like this mm -hmm. one a lot. Nice. But yeah, nice to meet you virtually. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, I'm Ross, and this is my first time having the Long Range Pills. And I'm really loving the the malt on the back end, really. Thanks. That's uh, I'm I'm glad you picked up on that. I think that's the key. You know, people yeah. talk about a lot of you know when people talk about IPAs and mm -hmm. uh, when they when they talk about a lot of beers, they really talk about the hops. Um, yeah. And I'm more of a malt guy the, myself, but yeah. And one of the I've, I've always felt one of the secrets of a really good pills is how the finish. Well, I think it's that's the secret to all beers, yeah. But, um, in particular, pills, and it's got you know you got to have the sort of noble what I what we consider noble hops. Mm -hmm. So you've got this sort of softer, floral, grassy notes uh, as opposed to the big pine, citrus, resinous, yes. you know, uh, sulfury kind of things that can come out of American hops. And the malt sets the stage for those. And right. we, uh, or I, put in Bohemian Pilsner malt. I use this Weirman Bohemian Pilsner malt, not completely in the malt bill, but a significant mm -hmm. amount. And that malt has a really great, what I think of as sort of this pure European malt character that carries over into the finish. And yeah, if you finish, to me, if you finish on that malt note, you don't finish on extreme astringency, mm. uh, then it just makes you want to go back and, and have another sip. Oh yeah, that that is I've, definitely I've, what's going on with me. I actually just cracked one open while we're talking. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, yeah, you're joining the I podcast. Figured, <laughs> I figured I'd join you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. perfect. We have one more person to introduce. Oh, Last guy here. Uh, my name is Clint. I'm a fan. Do you, are you familiar? just to bring it up uh because it's my only like real frame of reference north coast scrimshaw pilsner have you ever yeah, had that i have mm -hmm. yeah that's so the first time i took a sip of your long range here most of what i got first was the bitterness of the uh the hops right mm -hmm. but now after like finishing the first can i've noticed that that has kind of like faded away and subsided to more of the malty notes is that something that you characteristically hear from your pilsner or is am I do I just have weird taste buds on this one? No, no, no. I, I mean, it's it's pretty new, so we've gotten a little bit of feedback, but I think that's accurate. It's a lighter in body, and it doesn't have a lot of sweetness, and so I think there is that kind of uh, more upfront impression of the hops, and that also might be driven. You know, the the beer. Um, I use three hops in the beer. I use mosaic for bittering. And so that's kind of my departure from tradition. I used an American hop and uh, mosaic has a bit of spiciness to it. It's not like I use a bunch, but it's in there at the beginning and it sort of lays the foundation. And then in the middle, kind of in the second hopping, I use traditional Czech saws. And so saws, it lends a spiciness, but there's also a little bit of a savory kind of, some, some people would say tobacco, but some people say spicy or savory. And that's sort of in there. And it's a note that I think complements the malt very nicely. And, and when you have Bohemian Pilsners, Czech Pilsners, I think that's kind of the the cornerstone of those. That that combination really makes those beers what they are. And then finish it with a hop called Saphir, which is a German hop. It's not truly noble, but it has noble parents. Noble hops are, you know, Hollertau, Tetnang, Spalt, 
Saz and Herzbrucker and grown in the original regions that they started in. Saz has got, I think, Hollertaw or Tetanong parents. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but it has a, I've always loved that hop. I got to play with it a little bit at Sam Adams, but we never really used it. And so when I started Revolver, I used that as the key hop actually in our blonde ale called High Brass. And so it's all Saphir. And it just has a great soft bitterness, like I said, a little bit of grassy, kind of floral, mm-hmm. um, really easy on the palate. And so I use that as the final hop uh, when we brew the beer. And I just think it gives it that German impression and kind of brings home the whole Pilsner thing. So that's kind of how I was thinking of it. Um, and just a shout out to my friends at Sam Adams, you know, I really love Noble Pills. That was one of my very favorite beers that they made outside of Black Lager. Um, and so if you are if you guys ever get a chance and you can find some of that, I highly recommend it. I mean, I like to, I, I went to visit a brewer one time that we were doing some business with and he said, man, I tasted that Noble Pills and I, it just brought tears to my eyes. And I would agree. It was just, it was, it's just lovely. If you can find All right. it, okay. I, I highly recommend it. So Sam Adams, Noble pills all right yeah awesome yeah i love on your website how you say that the beer is a uh a german beer with an american accent yeah really yes. jumped yes. out at me i thought it was funny uh, but i did want to ask though so as you're translating kind of your experience from sam adams into like the dfw area for more yeah. of a texas market did you yeah. see any kind of change in what the market was asking for i mean is even if not on this one on your other beers like your seasonals and uh limited release. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I felt when we, when we started the brewery, when we started revolver that I didn't feel like IPAs were the way to go. I'm kind of, that is good to hear. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) That is really Uh, good to hear. I'm a bit of a contrarian that way. And so I was like, I'm not going to try to go into that area. A lot of folks who start breweries, small breweries have been home brewers and that's what they made. Mm -hmm. They wanted to make IPAs, love IPAs. They're just going to bomb it with hops and um, that's fine if you want to go that way. But um, my feeling has always been Texas. I like to joke, Texas has, you know, two seasons. It's hot and hotter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, to be successful, I feel like you have to make some beer that people want to drink when it's hot. There you go. And, you know, kind of, kind of going back to my earlier point about beer having a great finish if it's really bitter or if it's really astringent or even if it's too sweet, you know, you're going to inhibit drinkability. Right. And so I wanted to make sure that whatever we were making was uh, drinkable and accessible. And you, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you one beer so you can, <laughs> you know, you can check it off on untapped and walk away. There you I, go. Want you, I want you to come back. You, you don't know? sell a guy one car. You sell them five cars over 15 years. That's right. You're goddamn right. It's right. No, and so in a weird twist of fate, you know, I I thought high brass would be the beer. You know, it's kind of a easygoing. It's a little bit got a little more alcohol in it, but I thought it would be the beer that sort of took off. Um, It's an ale. You know, it's pale in color. It's got a lot of saphir. It's actually dry hop golden ale. And I just thought that's the beer, but I was wrong. Uh Um, You know, the the beer was blood and honey. Right. Yeah. And that's really a that is chance's uh, favorite <laughs> well it's really and it was really a um it's a lot of people's uh, favorite yes a lot of people love that it beer. was really a, a bit of serendipity honestly you know i didn't i didn't come to texas to make blood and honey um kind of blood and honey found me because mm-hmm. we had 
you know, I'd gotten my little brew kit. I was making 10 gallons at a time and working on recipes. And a gentleman from down the road at Fall Creek Farms, so you pick for peaches and uh, strawberries. He showed up one day with a five gallon bucket of honey and he said, Hey, um, I can't sell this. It's solidified. Do you want it? And he was like, going to give me five gallons of honey. Wow. Well, I said, Sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, I, I'll figure Free out something honey. to do with it. Wow. Yeah. I'll take a look at it. And so it was just fabulous. It was really beautiful. It was kind of this deep red color. Wow. And that sounds it smelled, amazing. Yeah. Oh, mm. it was ridiculous. Just all peaches and strawberries. And, wow. um, you know, just you could eat about a spoonful. It was just yeah. fabulous. And so I don't, there, there must have been something about the color that reddish color that had reminded me when i when i lived in massachusetts you know get invited to dinner parties and you go and have you know bring something and so one night i was assigned to bring dessert i like to cook and i had made a uh blood orange sorbet and wow. it was like that right they looked a lot alike had that mm-hmm. kind of deep reddish color and so it was this is like february of 2012 and wintertime is actually blood orange season and so i thought man uh this honey may i'll throw some blood oranges in there needs a couple spices and uh you know most honey orangey kind of things are in a wheat-based beer so right. i'll make a wheat ale and uh yeah so brewed it and when it was uh done got it carbonated using my little cornelius kegs and poured off a glass and man, it tastes really good. Um, so I was like, man, okay, that's cool. So I went into Rhett's office and his wife happened to be in the office with him. And, uh, so I said, Hey, Rhett, here's that, uh, that beer I made from the honey down the road, you know, blood and honey. And he just sort of winced. He, he hated that name. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I can see how well, it turned, it could turn some no people one's gonna off. Ever buy that yeah. beer. That's a dumb name. Anyway, it sticks with you. You it you does. definitely know. You definitely you don't forget it. Everybody knows yeah. what blood and honey. I is. was telling yeah. the guys earlier. That's why I first picked the beer. I was yeah. looking at a menu in Austin, something interesting, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, I wonder what that tastes like." And then just mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah, and so um, his wife did too. You know, he he said, "Jen, you should try this," and she's like, "Rhett, you know, I don't like beer." And he said, "No, I don't know. You might like this one." And so she tried it. And she goes, "You know, I could I could drink this. I could drink a glass of this." And so then that's three people. We were really yeah. excited. That three, <laughs> right. The momentum three is building. Like yeah. And but that's really the kind of origin story. We took it to a beer festival there in Irving in mm-hmm. May of uh, 2012. And it was the hit of the show. People dug it. We had really long lines and we went to Taste of Dallas in July. Same mm-hmm. thing. People loved it. And so when we got the big brewery up and running, we had to decide we couldn't just throw a whole bunch of beer out there right. a bunch of different ones so keeping it simple keeping it focused we made high brass we made our bach and blood and honey and rhett and i would go and with growlers and try to sell beer <laughs> and people just gravitated to it they would say they'd never tasted anything like it before and yeah so yeah, i can believe that sort of history yeah. yeah coming back to what you referenced about ipas I've had your full tang IPA and I think it's a very drinkable IPA for even yeah. for people who don't like IPAs. I'm a I'm a big IPA person. I really sure. like that IPA. What is special thanks. about that one? Well, thanks. Um what's again what I think what's special about it is A, it's drinkable. I actually had one the other night at a promotion we were doing. And you know, it's it, it the thing is the balance between again, it's all about balance. It's right. you can skew it, you can lean on things. In IPAs, you lean on hops, but if you don't have a good foundation in there, it's just gonna be dry, astringent, and unpleasant when you take a sip. I think the thing to me, obviously, is the tangerine. Right. You know, yeah. we don't we don't bomb it with tangerine. It's there. 
You can definitely taste it. Yeah, yeah at the end, right? Yeah, it's, um, very, it's really nice. I like that. It sort of shows up at the end. It's yeah. not like you're drinking uh, Not like you're drinking juice. like orange. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> orange juice, tangerine yeah. juice, yeah. And the great thing about tangerines is they're not really bright and citrusy like mm-hmm. oranges are. Right. They have kind of a darker, more savory character. And that just kind of, to me, wraps all those hops in, up in a bow and just makes them so nice. It just is the nice finish. And there's yeah. a, that, that impression. It's not truly sweet, but the brain mm-hmm. is telling you that I'm tasting this tangerine. Right. And it's bringing out like the, the citrus of the hops as well, right. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there's a cool hop in there called Mandarina, which also has oh, some sort yeah. of tangerine character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they go together. So I got a, a few more questions for you. What is your favorite beer that Revolver makes? And then also, what is your favorite beer that's not a Revolver beer? Well, it's so I get that question a lot. And oh. it's really hard. We thought that was, well, we thought that was. <laughs> We thought we were unique, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I, I guess uh, not. It's really, it's a tough question because they're all my children, you know? Right, yeah. right. Um, but who's your favorite child? A, <laughs> yeah, there's a, well, there's a beer, there's a beer I'm really proud of that, when you when I tell you about it, you know, you might not understand where it comes oh, from. But anyway, okay. so I made a beer that was inspired by some time in Boston. When we lived there, I'd mm-hmm. take my family to go to Chinese New Year. And so I made a beer that I initially called Chinese New Year. And I used red rice, goji berries, which are sort oh, of like Chinese nice. yeah. berries. Wow. Oh, yeah, that um, yeah. already like, sounds good. I like goji yeah. berries. Yeah. And uh, Chinese five spice. Hmm. And then I would dry hop it on a tea called golden Yunnan tea. And the tea itself has sort of a maltiness to wow. it. If you just yeah. drink a cup of it, it has a sort of a malty character. And yeah. so the interesting combination of those three ingredients with, you know, with malted barley and with mandarina hops and that sort of thing. That beer is really complex, but super drinkable. It had, you know, the red rice actually brought this sort of almost like a Cheerios or a cereal note. Yeah, I can, I, I can yeah. visualize that. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you taste your way through it, you get this sort of malty, you get the Cheerio cereal, mm-hmm. you get the overriding Chinese five spice. Right. And then at the end, you get the tea. You get wow. a little bit of the aroma of the tea. Yeah. You get a little bit of the astringency of the tea. But the thing that was really weird about it was it would make your mouth water. Really? It, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, so you just want would, you'd go back for more. Yeah, yeah. And and there I think go. it was the goji berries. The goji berries huh. were not explicit in when you tasted it. But I always pointed at the goji berries when you drank that beer, yeah. and I just thought it was. I, I'm really, I'm really happy about that beer. I, that that beer always makes me really happy. It sounds drink. amazing to me. I, I yeah. want one right now. That's... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, we've dialed back on our kind of seasonal releases, right. so we made just enough to serve at the brewery for Chinese New Year. Well, we're gonna have to um, go down there then. Yeah. Well, we'll make some more or up there. Sorry. Chinese next year. next Chinese New Year. Nice. Next, Febu- yeah, next have, February. Yeah, we have, actually... we have lion dancers and. Nice. Wow. Um, wow. That sounds it's fun. Time. It's a, it's a, a whole, actually, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I actually just had a sample of a beer that was also Eastern Asian inspired from. Is it Orf's Brewery? Orf. Or? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. It's Orf. I've had it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he made it. He made it because he loves this particular Chinese restaurant there in Austin. And yeah, I know him through another friend of mine who I used to do improv comedy with. Oh. And so. Um, Here we go. 
Yeah, nice. it was, it, we'll have it was to get you on our improv podcast. <laughs> there you go. Once we once we start it. <laughs> there you go. So, that was improv, so by the way. In that one, I didn't get to ask him a lot of questions about how he brewed that. It had a peppery element, and, but also mm-hmm. a um, he must have used tea leaves, I guess, and that kind of gave it a sort of refreshing, almost yeah. mint-like quality to it. It wasn't quite mint, yeah. but uh, it was no. something. No, I think there was a spice he used in there. I can't remember the spice, um, but it was like, it's kind of a white ale kind of beer, but it absolutely had this interesting uh, spice component to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the other question, I guess, was which, which, what's my favorite beer outside yes. of Revolver? Um, you know, I, I guess the one that I default to, and it's hard to find, is um, I like a beer called Rodenbach Grand Cru. Hmm. The Rodenbach Brewery is in Roseler, Belgium, and okay. um, it's a it's a Flanders Red style. Oh, okay, mm. yeah, we we've yeah. had and, a Flanders uh, Red. Actually, yeah, we've had the uh, the Blue Owl Van Dam, which is a Flanders Red. Yeah, yeah, and so just a fabulous beer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really complex, but and a kind of tart, but not super sour. Right, and it's got great malty body and a kind of a little sweetness to it. Just fabulous. That's that's one of my very favorite beers. I admire Hogarten a lot. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Just, classic yeah we were um, talking we were actually talking about that because Celis came from pierre Celis yeah. came from hogarden yeah yeah so those are good those are great those are great you, so you you yourself lean more towards the bavarian style of beers like, or uh you know i i tend to i don't know i try to i try to try different things i try new yeah. things you know when people ask me what's in my fridge people bring me stuff and so i've got a lot of different beer in my fridge actually mm-hmm. I, you know obviously i've got some of mine all uh, right of course yeah, but um i've got get a, it for uh, free no, i don't know yeah and i've got a i've actually got a beer from the little brewery over on the east side oh yeah oh cool high sign yeah and, they actually uh, they just started releasing their cans and stores yeah yeah i, and, I uh, was really excited to try them out actually yeah, and I know the guy, the the brewer Andrew Shelton. He mm-hmm. uh, he worked for me for a while. Oh, here cool! Over, so we we go. So he go makes back. some good beers, right? He does. He oh, does make some good beers. That's that's great. I'm even more excited then. Yeah, it sounds like you're very process and recipe driven. But what would be your opinion of a, a sour? Do you see yourself going in that direction? Any? We make a couple of beers that we barrel age that have gone the go sour, and there's a beer that we made out of blood and honey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We aged it in white wine barrels. It's called Sangre Miel, and it's a very limited release, draft only right. kind of thing. We take Sidewinder and we age that in tequila barrels. Wow. And, okay. Uh, I'm, yeah, that yeah. already sounds good. <laughs> you to have me. me a tequila barrel. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's got a it's got a very mild tartness, but it really brings out the cool aspects of the agave and a little bit of cumin that's in the uh, Sidewinder with that nice woody character from the tequila barrels and a little bit of that tequila note. So we we, we dabble in that, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, you know, it's, it's not bottled and right. it, it's very... Very limited release kind of. Is that because it's stuff. it's harder to make a or not maybe not harder to make a sour, but yeah. it's a different process where you have to change a whole lot to make a sour. Oh, it's kind of more it's more complicated right. in a sense. Where and if I was set up on a on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. It would be some more steps to make it. I don't, right. I don't know if it would be that much more difficult per se, but when you make it, you want to keep it out of your main brewery. Right. No, because it'll basically, and I don't want to say infect, but... Uh, no, the, you can say that. It'll, yeah. <laughs> it'll infect and sour all the other beers, right? Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. And so we, you know, you, we keep them separated. 
Yeah. And, um, Very we important. We're getting a little bit more set up for it, but you know, maybe in 2019, we'll, we, we've been talking about mm-hmm. getting a very small bottling line or something like that oh, and cool. ramping up some barrel production, but it's never going to be a huge thing. Speaking of that, we've seen a lot of cans recently from Revolver and yeah. before we were just seeing bottles. Is that a new thing that, that's going it, on now? Or? It is. It is a new thing. Um, we have a brand new can line. It's pretty sweet. And, you know, it, that again, it's sort of changing and listening to the market. Yeah. Uh, the market demanded cans. Really? Okay. And people want to take the beer on the river. They yeah, want to take it exactly. to the beach. Yes. That you is. Know, they want to yeah. yep. take it outside. You, so, can't, you uh, can't take glass bottles. Yep. You got it. Yeah. And you have a bo- have to have a bottle opener there, I guess. Or I like the buckle. setup too, the six cans in the box. That's a Yeah, it's I a, I, pre- I prefer the box to the yeah. to the rings myself. Oh and, cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because we started doing this in January and we've had mainly all cans. There are it yeah, it just seems that that's what's there. Uh, yep. everybody's canning and there aren't a lot of bottles. I mean, there yeah. are some like uh, like some that are doing Belgian styles and and whatnot and sours and stuff that ferment a second time in the bottles, but sure. But mostly, yeah, it's just cans. Yeah, yeah. No, we had, when we started the brewery, I thought we were going to go that way, mm-hmm. and the, the I don't think you know five years ago, six years ago, the market was really ready for it, but they're more accepting now. They're more accepting now. People are looking for crafts and cans. Oh so, yeah. Um, yeah, we felt like that would be uh, the way to go now. So we, we did. We went there. Well, there you go. I think we're we're pretty good here, Grant. We do okay. have one last question for you that's just kind of relevant to our, our <laughs> podcast, a kind of running joke. But uh, okay. I think we're trying to make it a part of like oh. everyone who comes on. We're going to ask them this question. Are you familiar sure. with the movie The Fifth Element? I am familiar with the movie. Oh, okay. 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 The question is, <laughs> would you consider that a good movie? Or great um, movie, or no, no, no. contrast, <laughs> not great. Uh, contrasting, like so, the or just a is, fun movie to watch. Yeah, a good movie or a fun movie that you enjoy, but really, it's a bad movie that you just enjoy. Oh man, um, you know, that, that's see, it's like I don't know. I'm going to go back to beer. That's kind of a <laughs> question. Um, yes, you know, um, I think it is. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go with not a great movie, but okay. it's really fun to watch. Okay. Um, I but, respect that. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I, oh, I, uh, oh, I don't respect that chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, Bruce Willis, he was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, and so I thought he did really well. You know, Gary Oldman. Oh, yes. there you and, go. Yeah. Come on. I mean, he, he was. He was a great villain in that. I, oh, yes, I, yeah. I, Absolutely. I, I really, I really I, dug that. Yeah, I, I, I was disappointed that he died so early, but he did get whoa, blown whoa, whoa. up. He died. It, Spoiler <laughs> alert! But uh, he did get blown up, like in uh, another Luc Besson classic that I enjoy, uh, The yeah. Professional. So. You know, it would have been a better movie if they'd had a little better effects. You know, they were just yeah. They, I, I think yeah. They, they you say that, budget. Grant, but I heard they're talking about remaking it. What and I, I hate don't know that about idea. That. No. I hate the idea. You, you yeah, can't remake it. It is movie. what it is. I don't. I don't yeah. think you need. Yeah. yeah. You know what I liked about it is it it's Monty Python esque. <laughs> you know, I could see. Yeah, there yes. there are a lot of there are a lot of you know, bits little, in there. A little yes. Terry Gilliam kind of sprinkled yes. around across mm-hmm. that. Oh, thing. definitely. And you know, it, they they didn't take themselves too seriously, mm-hmm. which I think is 
is what makes the whole thing bearable. I think yeah. if, if they'd been too serious. Oh yeah, I mean, no, they, it would have been t- way too. No, I yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It dips yeah, his yeah, toe yeah. into different genres, and yeah. you're like, okay, it's an action movie, and then right, right now, now it's comedy. Well, now it's sci-fi, and yeah. now it's comedy, and now it's a little bit of love story, but not yeah. too much. Yeah, and, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Which makes it yeah. a good movie, in my opinion. Hey, you know, which makes you know, it has lots of it has many. Elements. Good I have a question of my own. Oh, one more? One more. If, if you're, okay. If you had any superpower, which would you pick? Well, that's that's a tough one, too. It um, is. We, had, we, I, we, we asked the tough questions here on this podcast. Yes. Well, besides being able to brew a beer, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great superpower. You know, I, I thought, uh, I will, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, that was, that I was warned that that question might come so I oh, okay. and you know i was thinking uh, you know invulnerability no oh, there you go so Solid. I, I, yes i love the tick right oh yeah, there you go there you oh, wow yeah. well have you have you seen the new amazon tick i have i've seen a couple of I, I, you can't beat the comics I'm yes sorry. yeah yeah spoon but you know i'm thinking invulnerability but i'm like you know what uh, uh, i think i just want to fly i want to be able to yeah fly. i mean you can't beat just, that freedom no, no. I mean, you know, skip the traffic. I want to be in Fort Worth in, you know, five minutes. Shoot, <laughs> yes. I'm there, you know. So there you I'm, go. I'm thinking flying. I'm, that's, right. I think that's where I'm going to go with that. Nice. Okay, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Solid answer. Well, thanks. Well, Grant, we thank you for coming on. And we love your beers. We love your brewery. It. We love your story. We are very thankful for you to come along. And mm-hmm. we can't wait to visit. I mean, I know I live in the area. I need to visit. Please do. Let me know. Let me know. And, uh, and yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, awesome. yeah, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, thanks right. for being on. Thanks, Grant. Right. Thanks, thanks, Grant. Grant. Thanks. Have a great night. You too. You know, from the brewmasters I've talked to, they're all incredibly interesting people. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's what we're going to find yeah. as we have more people on. That these people are like, like he said, like, hey, I love to cook. And it's almost oh, yeah. like. That, that's pretty much what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You're playing you with cook? the recipe. You're not one of these IPA guys at home who is like, you know, oh, I mix you know, three quarts of this with a pound of this and, you know, no, you, you, you're creating, no, you're creating yeah. something. Oh yeah. The to, story he told about the goji berries. Oh, and yeah. Everything I want to try that beer. Tea. Exactly. The idea of tying together a conversation with a guy who was really cool mm-hmm. with a beer that you have enjoyed so many times. Like I can remember the first time I tried this beer and thinking, holy shit, this is a good beer. Well, you know, we've all had blood and honey, but maybe we can try it for the podcast and have him back on. Oh, absolutely. But it's that idea that like this is a beer that has a story. Behind oh, yeah. Right. For what sure. would be awesome yeah. is to do next time we do anything with them is to be at their brewery and see. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I have a house that you guys can stay at now. Nobody wants to stay in, in Dallas. In a single room. <laughs> we have to share a room. No, I have two rooms. And a living room. A living room with two ceiling fans. Ugh. That's it's so a Dallas. Big living room. <laughs> it's so, so Dallas. Dallas. Are you three beers in? First impression. Super happy. It was strong at first, uh, but through the first beer is actually it got smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really smooth right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. So smooth right now. And so flash forward to the third beer. I really like it more and more. Um, it's growing on me, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not a I'm not a big pilsner person but i like this one a lot so i give it a one um and uh and i would buy it at a bar 
pay whatever pay whatever they give us. What? If they put a revolver into my head, I would drink it all day long. Okay. All right, I'm three beers in, so I'm gonna give my last impressions. I will probably keep this beer in my fridge since I'm in the area. Just a quick note on the in city, the Dallas of, area, the Fort Worth area, Dallas. Um, <laughs> you said Dallas, dear wrong. lord. <laughs> okay. Um, the city that revolvers in is yeah, Granberry, yeah. and I don't know if you guys know. Just a quick history. There's a legend that the Granberry came from there. Granberry is in Hood County where John Wilkes Booth subsided in. Resided. And he changed his name to John St. Helens, and there is a St. Helens store in Old Granberry. Is that why he Wait, changed his name Wait, that sounds way too when convoluted. Did he, I'm sorry? It sounds like something someone from Dallas would make up. When did he live there? there, there Before? There, it's, it's a legend that, oh, he, that he moved okay. to Hood County, which is which yeah. what Granberry's in. He moved into yeah, the hood? because. Into the hood. <laughs> Into the hood. I mean, when you kill a president, the only place you can go but is the I hood. Thought, I thought they, sh- yeah, they shot him in a barn or something. Right? I do remember yes. hearing that. Oh, they yeah, lit, they I lit the, he got dead. They lit the he, barn oh, on fire did. while he was in it. Oh, That's right. Okay. Yeah. I say you, he did. Yeah, I say you, I'm, he did. You may be dead. You may be dead what? You may be dead. Yeah, I know, but what did he maybe do? I'm pretty sure he's dead. So <laughs> sure he is dead. So did Nicolas Cage discover that? <laughs> treasure. <laughs> well, it wasn't in the movie. He's a national so I'm not treasure. Sure it was more of a state Actually, treasure. John John Wilkes Booth might not be a national no. treasure. No, he's Whoa. not. Have you no seen him act? Out? No. <laughs> he was an actor. He was an actor, but he broke his ankle jumping. on the stage. Yes. Yeah. Jumping from that's the box, such a weird so. idea that he jumped from the box and didn't he like somehow swing down on the? Uh, I believe on the curtain. The curtain. Yeah. 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 Yeah, All action movie it, style. I know. How has there never been a movie of that? Because it's about John Wilkes Booth. Well, there have been. Did they act out that motion though? I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't actually see any Lincoln movies. Six Emperor Tyrannus. I didn't see Lincoln, but there's there's Lincoln and there's the uh, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln Vampire, Vampire Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> that is <laughs> Hunter or Slayer. I don't. It doesn't Hunter. matter. Yeah. But uh, that's I, not the one I was talking about. That was a good movie. <laughs> I get the point that you the, the uh, conspirator. I think was. Well, I finished my third, and I can't say it's my favorite beer, but I do like it. It's a bit hoppy for me, but just because Grant is such a cool guy, I would buy more. Well, it's that idea. I would drink of it. The maltiness cleaning up that. I hoppiness. do like that, but I still get the hop. Yeah. Hey, so we talked about this earlier. That's not really a beer you would drink on the river, but I think Grant was kind of hinting to the fact that they put it in cans because you could drink it on the river. Well, it's would you change your mind people, to say it's because maybe? Because the market wants to. Yeah, yeah, people want a beer that they can take. They with can them take with them to wherever the river, they go. Park, yeah. yeah. And you can't take bottles with you. So. But what to, I'm saying is, are, would you step back to like and say maybe you would drink it on? While they're no, this, trying this, to watch their kids. This beer like in particular, just, I probably wouldn't drink on the river. Honestly, I'd drink pro- probably anything on the river. Yeah. But, uh, I would oh, you go brought pick long it range? I, yeah. yeah. Cool, I, give me one of those. I wouldn't go pick it up to take it to the river with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. More like a nitro stout, in, maybe. What, what river like, would you take it to in Dallas? Red River. Thank, no. Oh, Okies. Oh, gross. Yeah, right. Wait, what's wrong with the Red River? It's Trinity River, it tu- homie. It touches Oklahoma. Yeah. So you finish your third. Yes, what are I your finished my third. I love this beer. I would pick Blood and Honey over this one. Oh, but Therefore. if uh, this one was around. Did we bring any Blood and Honey? We did. We did. Okay. I bought it. Yeah. Is it in a can? 
It is in a can. Oh, okay. But nice. that means we only have six. That's okay. I call four of them. <laughs> so um, I would say though, as if I had to pick a pills, uh-huh. I would love this one. I I, lo- I love Scrimshaw. Uh-huh. I would put this to my short list of pilsners I will drink. Yeah. Oh man, I I still love the sweetness of the malts on the back end. It's really hoppy, but I still I just want another sip to taste the malt. This so, may not be a river beer to you guys, but it may be a hot tub beer. Ooh, yes. Hey now. So so Clint, what are your thoughts after your second beer? Uh that it it still does have the hoppiness. Yeah. So um so hoppy. It's not that hoppy. It's just mm-hmm. uh got that little bit of bitterness that yeah. I, I just you know wish it didn't. You're have. not a yeah, you're not a fit. Yeah, um, me too. So but it does it does <laughs> uh get smoother as as you drink it more. Yeah. Um uh-huh. and so that makes it very different than like yeah. an IPA or something. Would yeah. you drink oh, it yeah. again? Uh, yeah, probably. Cool. Would you go to the brewery? Uh, I'll go. I'll oh. totally go to the brewery. I totally yeah. feel like we should meet Grant. Yeah. 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 Would I, y'all stay at my me. house to go to the brewery? Uh, In Dallas? No. Mm. Y'all are assholes. <laughs> you know, there's so you many homeways. It, uh, it's, a, it's a free bed. So. <laughs> yeah. Free I invite you nice, all to suck it. Chance has just invited us to suck it. So, yeah. Hey, Cutter. You, you wanna, do you like this beer? Oh wait, Cutter's not here. Even without Cutter being here, we can tell you. Oh, Cutter liked this beer. Yeah, it's a yeah, we can say that without. So, you call yeah, dibs yeah. on Natalie Portman. Oh yeah, god, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't even looking at a picture. Even ah, uh, choking on my own rage here. Ah, uh, he's looking at a mental let, picture. Uh, mental let, picture. Let's, let's, anyway, let's just close all right, out. listener. Thank you so much for joining us with this adventure we've just been on with Revolver Brewing. And Grant Wood. And Grant Wood. We drank the Long Range Pills, and it was amazing. Yes. We got another tally mark in the Fifth Element being a good movie. (laughs) No, no. No, No. he said it was a fun movie. He said it was a fun movie. A bad movie, but entertaining. bad, fun movie. Did he say it was bad? I think he did say it was bad. No, he did. He said not a good movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's not a good movie. At least, which means bad. All right, we'll watch it when we But he has a very adventurous palette when it comes to beer, so, you know, we'll give him a pass. Oh, yeah. And I'm really excited to see what Revolver has for us in the future. Yeah. This is Tony. This is Chance. Clint. Ross. I'm still Joel. And this is the podcast. This This is is the podcast. podcast. Thanks for sticking around. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play, and TuneIn. You can find us on our Facebook or Twitter at 3, the number 3, Beers in Podcast. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. And if you didn't like us, why the hell are you still here? You should have turned this off long ago. Maybe you're just going to listen to us anyway. You should probably subscribe, too. And if you would like a transcript of our podcast, write down everything that we just said. The Fifth Element. And that's a great movie.
If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Talking Point, a topic that invites discussion or argument. Drinking Points, topics that invite discussion about local history over a cold beer. Hey everyone, I'm Haley. And I'm Troy. And we are Drinking Points, a history podcast brewed for your enjoyment. Join us as we discuss history and brews from Buffalo, New York and beyond. Find us on the Hopped Up Network.